What is population health? Why do some people become sick while others don't? How do we study and what can we do to eliminate health inequities? Sick Individuals, Sick Populations, the new podcast series from the Interdisciplinary Association of Population Health Science covers these topics and more. Join us. Aresha Martinez Cardoso from the University of Chicago. Mike Esposito from Washington University in St. Louis. Daryl Hudson, also from Washington University in St. Louis. Twice a month as we discuss cutting edge population health research with scholars working across disciplinary boundaries. All right, welcome back to another episode of the IPHS podcast. We're here doing another set of host interviews. So you get to hear our co-host on these airways, wherever you listen to your podcast every month or so. Um, but we don't really ask each other a whole lot of questions about each other. And so today we're joined by our illustrious, velvety voiced, <laughs> um, who is an outstanding researcher, all around cool guy. And so we're very fortunate to have you here. Mike, welcome. Hello. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on. It feels weird to be on the other side saying that. Oh, now he's playing the voice on real thick, you know, he's like, he's doing his best radio yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah, radio voice. Ugh, I just hate it. <laughs> it's horrible. Anyway. Well, I will say that even though we might have radio voices, we don't have radio faces over here, so. <laughs> nope. <laughs> wait, are radio faces? Yeah, yeah wait, wait, is that an insult or a compliment? Yeah, yeah, what are we doing? Compliment. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, our collective, us, that's a compliment. I see, I see. All right, so um, on a serious note, or not serious note, we're, we're keeping it light. Um, we'd just like to know a little bit more about you and starting about where you're from and sort of what your origin story is. Like, how'd you get started and how do you get to where you're at now? Yeah, yeah, you know, so I'm gonna keep it brief because talking about myself is just poison. It's just the worst, worst thing in the world, but I will share a little bit. Um, yeah, so I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, originally. Um, uh, never thought I'd be back in Missouri in my life, but here I am, uh, other side of the state, and it's going great. Um, yeah, and it just from, uh, you know, a working class, 90% Black neighborhood down in the middle of kind of the urban core of Kansas City. Um, you know, my mom was a teacher. Uh, my dad was, my dad was a lawyer. But you got to think more like Better Call Saul than um, kind of <laughs> Law and Order. Is there, I don't know. If, probably no one knows. You know, Tech Nine, the rapper, like my dad's in one of his songs. It's like weird. It's like a weird, a weird, really, yeah, just like a bizarre kind of existence that I don't think fits into kind of a lot of <laughs> categories, right? So a little hard to kind of describe, but you know, kind of an interesting, uh, interesting kind of weirdness that I think that you only get in certain spaces like that, um, kind of in the Midwest. So, um, you know, that was really kind of like, uh, I think, transformative and kind of pulling me towards the sorts of kind of questions that I do about kind of a education system, criminal legal system, uh, and kind of the humongous and kind of like racialized kind of disparities that exist kind of like within those institutions. Um, yeah, I just saw a lot of it firsthand, um, both from where I grew up and then also just from, uh, you know, like what my parents were situated in, um, uh, in those spaces. So, um, 
yeah, kind of, I guess, interesting to me. <laughs> I don't know if it's interesting to anybody else, but definitely kind of like formative in a lot of ways. Um, and so then from there, uh, was in Kansas City, bumped around a little bit, um, and then ended up in um, uh, Columbia, Missouri for uh, undergrad, go Tigers. Uh, there's not a lot of us that are in so there's not a lot of kind of Mizzou grads that did sociology, which is strange. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know we're out there a little bit and ended up taking a course from a professor named Wayne Breckis, um, who does a lot of um, kind of identity type work, um, and really just fell in love with kind of like thinking about or or you know fell in love with, not, I wouldn't say thinking about the world like that, because I think I was already, and I think a lot of people that are kind of like racialized as non-white, just are already thinking about the wor world in these kind of big sociological terms. But knowing that that was something that was like, that sort of thinking kind of was valued and kind of getting some of the language to kind of like talk about some of the uh, um, uh, phenomena that was kind of just generally kind of like interested in giving kind of a background was just like, yeah, it was like really, really, really transformative, right? So um, uh, yeah, that's how I came to all of this. Um, eventually, uh, you know, made it through undergrad, was sitting around in Columbia, Missouri as an 18 year old or 21 year old, which is never, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a, it's not the most interesting life in the world. It's like, I should go somewhere and kind of do something. I'll give graduate school a shot. Um, got into the University of Washington, which uh, I don't know if you know Seattle and Missouri very well, but like they couldn't be more like more different. Um, and just went out there and just like, you know, just experienced the world in a very, very different way, right? Um, and I'll say that like, you know, grad school is very interesting for me just because it was like, it was a moment of kind of development and it felt like kind of a second childhood in a lot of ways, like just learning a completely different world. Um, um, and kind of just like rolling into that. And yeah, just a lot of who I am, I think was developed in that kind of like moment um, with grad school, which gives me probably need to go therapy for this and think about kind of like how my kind of identity is just kind of wrapped up like really largely in yeah. kind of those grad school experiences and myself as an academic. Um, but yeah, I think that was uh, real formative. And then, then I, here I am today. Yeah. So weird uh, path of inertia which is a contradiction but i think it's the only way to describe it yeah i, I know that i'm preempting this by acknowledging that she just recently got an award so i want you to talk a little bit about the award you just got and then also um tell us a little bit about the the proudest moments that you have had so far in your career all right, so I am not even trying to be cute with this. What award did I just win? <laughs> you were acknowledged by the American Sociology Association. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You got that so many no, things going yeah. on. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, just ASA, yeah, no. Yeah, no. oh, right, yeah, yeah. That's, I, I, I honestly, honestly forgot. Again, it probably need therapy to work out why I forgot about <laughs> something that happened, a good thing that happened to me just earlier today. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Just the ASA section, give me a little shout out. Be like, here's Mike. He does help research and he's oh, a horrible idea. We're, we're going to have to plug it, I'm sure. It's okay, fair that. enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I guess like uh, proudest moments, um, 
Uh, well, I mean, it's difficult, right? And I think uh, in, especially in kind of your interview, Daryl, like you, we laid it out um, about how thinking about like what to be proud about in these spaces, it gets really complicated based on subjects that you're studying, right? So the, the published like a kind of paper on kind of police shootings with um, uh, Hedy Lee and Frank Edwards, right? And, you know, it was like, on one hand, I, like, it was like, it was like, like, we look at those alt metric things, this is like disgusting, but like, look at those alt metric things. It's like one of the top 100, like articles ever, like in terms of attention score, like not in social sciences, not anything. It's just like, just out of 20 million, 30 million papers that are published, it's like top 100. And so like, at first you like, think is like, you could point to something like that and be like, man, that's a really proud moment, right? This is what we want to do. We want people to read our stuff. We want it to be out there in the world and to kind of make a difference. And then you're like, yeah, but then this means like, like literally thousands of people had to die yeah. <laughs> via kind of racialized violence um, for me to kind of like, you know, be like, hey, you got a paper kind of like published that people are reading, right? So it's like, on one hand, I want to point to kind of like moments like that where it's like, yeah, my work's getting recognized, but like, you know, like, I guess I prefer that it didn't if it means that we didn't have to have this kind of like phenomena happen in the first place, right? And kind of so much kind of like excess death, um, uh, kind of from it. Again, I'm going to keep making the therapy joke, probably need to work these types of ideas out there. We all do. We all sort of struggled with this kind <laughs> of Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a common thing. I think it's a common thing for scholars of color, right? It's like, man, I did work, right? Like, I want to study like, like fish feed or something, right? Like just something that does no kind of like human costs to it. Um, and then you can just like be um, completely kind of like proud and happy when you kind of like hit milestones like that. But I think like outside of kind of things like that, things that are just like kind of completely like non-complicated kind of joy. I mean, graduating was just, tough. well, no, no, no graduation. I think getting the first job was probably the like just proudest thing. Right, because like right before the, like, you know, like going through the postdoc and stuff, and um, it took me a long time to kind of like fall into, I think as y'all have expressed too, fall into kind of like thinking of myself as an academic and thinking that I kind of belong here in a lot of ways. And so getting just like, you know, the sign off like, oh no, we're actually gonna give you a job, right? <laughs> like just kind of confirmed it. It was like, it gave, kind of like a sense of, uh, you know, that kind of like sense of satisfaction and was like, I finally kind of like got sanctioned here as being somebody that belongs, right? Um, and that just, you know, that's that's a hard, uh, really hard feeling to beat. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then on the flip side, uh, what have, you know, your, what is this, is it your first year, second year? First year. Yeah, so you're in the fire. Um, yeah. But even before this, What's uh, been the biggest challenge or frustration that you um, have experienced and hard lessons you've had to learn so far? Yeah, yeah. I think like the hardest thing, like the darkest time in academia we was sitting with, there's like a period when, uh, you know, I just finished a dissertation and um, was just starting the postdoc. And I just like that thing, I had like one thing published or something. And it was just like, and kept running into like trying to, you know, submitting stuff and all that and just getting a lot of things that were more or less being like, well, race work is what it is, <laughs> right? Like, it's just not, this seems a little specialized or kind of like kind of things like that. And I think, you know, we all go through that and I can look back on it now and like kind of contextualize it a little bit better. 
but I think it's something that like we don't really kind of like do enough to kind of like prepare kind of like early kind of scholars for, especially early scholars of color study and race, um, where it's like, man, it's going to be hard to kind of push through these guys, um, push some of these ideas through. And there's a moment before you have anything that you can fall back on and be like, here, I'm productive, whatever, where there's just kind of a dread about like, whoa, am I doing this wrong, right? Is my work valuable? Is there anything like that, right? And, you know, the right thing would have to have done with maybe find seek out someone like Daryl who's been through this and be like, here, help, like, help me contextualize kind of what's happening right here, but kind of just set in silence with it because like embarrassment and things yeah. like that. And I think kind of like, like individualizing kind of that kind of like dread around that moment or kind of like, or making that kind of like a, uh, interpreting that as like kind of failings of myself. I think that was like the hardest hardest thing <laughs> that's like I've experienced like going through uh, kind of academia and um, I just bring it up because it's like I think that's something that probably a lot of young scholars kind of go through um, that I've been very intentional um, now I can be like now that I'm a professor and do that whole song and dance um, and really communicating that to kind of like people like it will work itself out right and this like kind of brief moment is something we all sit through and you cannot like um you know, it is a challenge, but don't like kind of let it seep into you in uh, kind of ways that I think are really difficult. Yeah, good ones. Like we should start like a database or something where people are like, where did this paper get published and how yeah. many rounds did it take? And what were the, you know, where did we shop it to before it like finally landed somewhere? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's something, it seems like, you know, it's like advice. We all laugh at it now because we're also, because we all have publications, right? But like before you get in the door on that, like, like just remembering kind of the uh when it's like oh I got another rejection whatever it's like it just feels like kind of crushing like in a way that I we're literally like just like all kind of vocalized a lot for kind of like younger scholars up front yeah because mm -hmm. yeah. you see the twitter things where people are like and I really do appreciate this where people are like rejection is part of the game it's like yeah but like I need you to understand the emotional side of that before kind of like it's like great full professor that's saying I still get rejections it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's contextualize like, that a little bit more for me yeah, right yeah. yeah 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 well as we said before it gets it gets better yeah it does get better <laughs> <laughs> we're all sitting here laughing at that now right exactly yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so thinking about you know just kind of pivoting out of these these lessons that you've learned so far um what are you currently working on? Yeah, trying to figure, trying to figure out exactly what I'm working on all the time now. It's just like too many things to. I think, I think it was Daryl that you said earlier. Trying to figure out who you are, <laughs> um, like in like in terms of like how do you research stuff. I'm also doing that because just spread out on a bunch of different things that I really love working on. And they're all interested. Um, so for instance, doing a lot of work on. Um, kind of the relation between kind of neighborhood environments and cognitive aging, right? And like how kind of like the differential kind of allocation of these like kind of like sites and kind of resources that are very kind of essential for healthy aging end up kind of getting caught up in racialized processes and reifying like kind of racial disparities and cognitive aging. So then a little bit of work on there. Um, doing some work on kind of like uh, measuring in a couple of different ways, measuring and kind of like conceptualizing structural racism, uh, especially kind of in quantitative studies uh, of health. 
Um, because like, I think a lot of the ways that we're like, for instance, doing a paper on redlining, looking at kind of different ways that we kind of like, um, could and that researchers do kind of conceptualize it as like a historical kind of like racial exposure um, and then being like, do our models really capture how can we think about this? The answer is no. Um, and then kind of like reflecting on like kind of like other ways that we may want to operationalize a structural exposure like that. And the answer is like typically we don't know, but we got to try something different because it's just not capturing it, right? Um, and then also like continuing on with some of the policing stuff. Um, uh, Hetty and I are kind of like doing a project right now where we're looking at how like people's use of kind of like space like kind of dramatically changes after kind of like a high profile uh, instance of kind of police violence. So did black people stop kind of like engaging in kind of like their regular daily activities? Do they stop going to parks? Do it's like add this extra kind of layer of um you know, thinking about these bigger spillover effects of uh, kind of racialized violence. They don't just hurt like kind of community or individuals that kind of, you know, actually experience like the, the police violence, but like broader kind of like spillover effects for entire communities, like this harm generating outward. So yeah, and then a couple other things, but like within those kind of like uh, realms. And so, you know, there's thing that ties it all together is race and racism and health. But other than that, it's a complete grab bag. Yeah. <laughs> Cheese board of things. Yeah, it, hangs right. it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, continuing on a like reflection, what advice do you think you would give yourself as a first year doctoral student or even as a first year college student or what sort of lessons do you think you have? Yeah, I mean, I think like just to echo in some of the stuff you all said in other episodes, just like well, well, okay, this is actually, have, uh, I wish I would have had like a little bit more fun with everything. Um, and maybe I didn't have a trip to Brazil, like Rachel said earlier, but there's like several times like in the past where I think it's easy to get caught up, especially if you're operating with this kind of like, um, you know, assumption that like you got to work doubly as hard as everybody else, right? Um, um, uh, to like kind of forego kind of like a lot of kind of just like leisure activities and just like general life stuff and relationships, lots and lots of relationships, right? In service of, um, you know, trying to be like the scholar and kind of grinding all day, right? And I wish I would have kind of like, you know, go back and say like, none of that matters. <laughs> you can work your, you can work your nine to five, nine to six, whatever. You don't have to kind of like sacrifice, um, uh, in these kind of other kind of areas of well-being to make it here because that's not the thing, you know, maybe it makes a marginal difference, um, but there's, you know, it's not going to change um, kind of your pathway in these material ways. So like just ease up a little bit, right? Don't work yourself into the ground. Like it just, it just does not buy you or what it buys you is, is definitely not worth it. Yeah. And it's all going to work out um, the way that it should. Yeah. Yeah. I really just hope that I feel like there is a generation shift, hopefully, <laughs> happening with academics, where it isn't this like you should be working harder and more and like uh -huh. your self to the job. Because um, we don't, honestly, we don't get paid that much to do that. No. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. We're making like 300K as a, like a corporate lawyer, maybe, but you know, we don't get paid that much to like give our mm -hmm. lives up in this way. Um, but I, I think it's like the value add, like putting 50% of 
more in for a 10% return. I don't know. Yeah. It's just not worth it. Yep. Not at all. That's a good perspective. I don't know how far away we are from that. I think some people want to reify that. So that's a, that's, that's a subject for another podcast. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so last thing before we get out of here, just asking, you know, what is interesting and fun about Mike that people not, might not readily know about you? Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. I got to find, I got to find what's interesting and fun about myself. <laughs> Rediscover that after so many years of academia. Uh, I guess like a fun fact, I used to play, I used to be a collegiate, or not a collegiate, no, a scholastic chess champion. And so Ooh. I don't know if you know that Missouri is um, kind of one of the best states in the country for chess. And so a lot of my grade school years, did you ever see that, um, uh, what is it? I think it's like Ted Danson movie where he like goes in and he's like trying to teach like um, kind of black kids chess like as like a life lesson or something yeah, yeah, and then they go to the tournament and they go up against like the white schools and they're like oh everyone's like oh they can play kind of chess and they and win, win the whole tournament that's me that's that's <laughs> I, that story wasn't based on me but essentially um, uh, we had a similar kind of thing happen where it got just roped into kind of chess is like this after school kind of like thing um, um, and then we just became really really good and so spent like you know, from maybe 10 to like 18, 19, just being like, like playing chess, being a, a huge yeah. chess nerd, competing uh, at the highest levels and stuff like that. So yeah, that's, that's probably <laughs> the last interesting thing that I did. Yep. Are you still good at it? No, I'm terrible now. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely terrible. My brother's, all, so. my brother's really good. My brother's like a registered master. Like he's like legit good. So he keeps the, he keeps the Esposito name going on uh, in that realm. I got nothing to do with it anymore. <laughs> that is funny. All right, cool. Well, this was fun. Thanks for joining us, Mike, and talking a little bit more about yourself and your work. And uh, yeah, thank this rounds out uh, the special episodes on the host. We did it. Thank you all for having me. All right, bye, y'all. Catch you at the next one.